Have you checked out the PTSD Wives Handbook? This book is for the wife whose spouse has survived trauma and is now navigating through mood swings, flashbacks, and mishandled emotions. PTSD can create a toxic home environment and cause a divide in the closest and most meaningful relationships. As a caretaker, the PTSD wife is finding herself at the receiving end of anger, aggression, and constant negativity. This can create a personal, mental, and spiritual health crisis for her. In this book, Coach Leah uncovers the hidden wounds of trauma and the effects that it can have on your relationship. Based on biblical principles, she teaches you the tools and resources that are needed to handle stressful situations and to seek help from the Lord and foster a deeper relationship with Him. By reading this book and putting the principles into action, you're going to learn how to take control of your life and grab hold of the power that lies within. Grab your copy of the PTSD Wives Handbook today by clicking the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show. We're bringing sexy back today, y'all. Today's show is all about how to repair intimacy in your relationship. So grab a friend, come on in, and let's talk about it. My name is Leah Huggins. I'm a wife, a mother, and a proud U.S. Navy veteran. After two tours to Iraq, my husband was diagnosed with PTSD. My world spiraled out of control as fear, anxiety, doubt, and depression took over. I gave my life to Christ, took on a new mindset, and let go of the negativity of my past. I now help wives to find healing, encouragement, and strategy to overcome the effects of PTSD on their daily lives and in their marriage. So come on in and let's talk about it. Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. This is the place where we empower women to support their spouse through PTSD without losing themselves in the process. I'm your host, Coach Leah, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. All right, y'all, we got a good episode for you today. We're going to be talking about how to reignite the flame of passion in your relationship how to repair what may have been broken, you know, by offense, by neglect, or even by accident. So today we're going to be talking about how to repair the intimacy in your relationship. But before we get started, you guys, we have a special guest in the building. She's a wife. She's a mom. She's an author. She's a speaker and a coach, and she's a licensed marriage and family therapist. Help me welcome to the show today our very special guest, Mrs. Casey Charnette King. Yay! (laughs) Welcome, Casey. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and talking with us. Thank you. As I hear your intro, I'm thinking, wow, that sounds like a very busy person. Yes. <laughs> you are. You're doing it all. you doing it all. It's very good. <laughs> so I wanted to, um, I was so excited to have you on this show. I'm so excited uh, about this topic because it's very real. <laughs> it's a very real yes. topic. Um, I want you to first tell the people a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What do you do? Well, I am from Baton Rouge. Go Tigers, go Saints, all those things. (laughs) Yes. You know, yeah, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, a lot of people can't really hear it anymore through all the military travels. It takes some special people who actually really slow down and listen sometimes. Uh I still have that twang. (laughs) That twang there a little bit. Um, But I haven't lived at home since I was maybe 19, 19 years old. Prior military, um, active duty, did about eight and a half years. My spouse has been in, well, just retired after 23 years. We have three children. We are currently in Fort Worth, Texas now, um, where I have my own private practice. I'm licensed, as you stated, licensed marriage family therapist. And I'm also a sex therapist. Um, And I see clients between um, here in Texas and also virtually in Mississippi, where I am licensed as well. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm so honored to have you on the show today. You are booked and busy, as you said, (laughs) ma'am. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And congratulations on your podcast. Yes, thank you. Thank you. So you have been married to your husband. I have to say his whole name. Whenever I say his name, I always say Charlie King, Charlie King. So you have been married to Charlie King for how long now? (laughs) You know, that's one name, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's 
one name, right? right. Every time I hear it, I, in, in my head, I, I have this school teacher sound. You know how you do syllables? <laughs> and I think in my head, Charlie King. <laughs> yeah, Charlie King uh, reminds me of, uh, was it Chef, Section Chocolate? Section Chocolate. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's all right. But, yeah, uh, we have been married for 15 years. Beautiful, beautiful. How did you guys meet? Oh, wow. So we met actually when I was stationed there in Gulfport. I was on the CB base, me and my um, really good friend, Angie, at the time. And well, at the time, we're still friends. She actually just retired this year, too. Um, we were at the gate, actually. And back then, you recognize people just being on the gate by the cars that they drove. Right. You didn't really memorize any names. You just know who fit in what car. And even then, if someone showed up in a different car, I'd say, hey, that's not your car. Because the same people are coming in. It's a very small base. Right. And when I first saw him, I saw, I saw the car. I saw the Cadillac bill. I told Angie, I'm like, ooh, look at that car. <laughs> <laughs> and and when he came through, and after he went through, I said, okay, well, he's not bad either. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and, yeah, and I saw him again. I'm not sure how long it was later. Now I don't think even a month later I saw him in the club. You know, back back then we we met our partners naturally. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Not online and <laughs> yes. yes, we met our partners naturally. And I think I met Charlie maybe like a month before Hurricane Katrina. Oh wow. Wow. That's mm. beautiful. Yeah. So I saw him in a club and I was doing this very old school thing where you on the phone with somebody, whether it's a guy or a friend, and you want the person who's looking at you to know that you're not talking to the boyfriend. <laughs> and so I was talking to my roommate and I got loud. So, hey, what you say? You was going to do so and so? Oh, okay. <laughs> so he would think that I'm talking to a guy outside the club. Uh-huh. <laughs> when he was going in, we knew then, you're going in, you're probably going to meet somebody. So as he's walking in, I grabbed his arm I was on the phone. But I grabbed his arm. Yep. You know, to let him know, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and look, the rest is history. Oh, that is awesome. That is awesome. I love hearing love stories. I love it. I love it. Well, um, you are a, um, as we said, the uh, marriage and family therapist and your sex therapist as well, too. Um, now, one of my core beliefs is that the health of the nation, you know, is a direct reflection of the health of what's going on in the family, you know, the yeah. health of the family. So whatever's going on in the world, we can generally generally find out, you know, what the origin is <laughs> of it, of that issue in the family. And what I found out is that if we want to fix what's going on in the world, we have to first fix what's going on in our family. Um, So that's kind of the foundation of why I do what I do, um, because family is important. So now my corner of of dealing with this is, you know, it happens to be with dealing with PTSD and the aftermath of trauma, you know, and how it can affect the family dynamic. So what was the draw for you in being a marriage and family therapist? You know, that's very interesting. And I truly feel this is my truth that it's something that found me. Wow. I never said I wanted to be a marriage therapist. I didn't grow up around a lot of, you know, healthy, quality marriages. I never wanted to be married. Yeah. So my mind was so far from being anybody's therapist. Wow. Let alone. Um, marriage and family. Initially, I wanted to be a social worker. And then in my mind, and that was around the time I probably met Charlie just somewhere in that golf court time frame. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to do social work and help people. That's good. My my grandmother was a nurse. At one point, I wanted to be a nurse like she was. Oh, I'm so glad I just didn't. I can't stand being freezing cold when hospitals are cold. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the most uncomfortable space for me. So I wanted to be a social worker. And I remember one day this lady told me she was coming through the gate. She looked so exhausted. I asked her what she did. And she said, I'm a social worker. I said, oh, I'm thinking about going into that field. And she said, don't. Wow. I was like, (laughs) That's who can tell you. It's the ones that are in it. (laughs) They're the ones that really tell you. I said, okay. And 
just me being me, I'm still going to do what I want. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. I applied to get into that program for the United States. I wanted to help people. And I went to the school and that's the lady I met. Her name is Dr. John Froh. She's still a professor there now. I told her what I was coming for. And she said, well, what about this? You know, she posted me. That's really what happened. Uh-huh. You can still help families. And I'm like, oh, that sounds good. You're right. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah. And it, it just so happened to align at the right place in the right time. I was just going to drop off my application to be a social worker and not to be a therapist, but just to be a steward and to help people. I always have a belief of strengthening the Black homes uh-huh. and families. Uh-huh. and just helping our kids. Yeah. And it just so happened that when I went to that school that day to drop off the application, it was a licensed marriage and family therapist. I never heard of that wow. before in my life. That's and she awesome. kind of reeled me in. Yes. And it's good to have somebody to that that's willing to take you in and to yeah. show you the ropes and everything. Oh, that's beautiful. And the way I see it, because when I was looking at it from a social work lens, mm-hmm. and this is not what all social workers do, but when I was looking at it from being a social worker, I was looking at it from the bottom up, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. working with kids up to, you know, the family, the right. parents. Uh, but as a, you know, now in the marriage and, and family field, mm-hmm. I look at it as a, you know, the whole system or mm-hmm. mm-hmm. even a, you know, top down versus mm-hmm. bottom up. It's not the child. We can always get through the child. I want to get through the parents. Yes. Because that's where it starts. Parents, that's where it starts. <laughs> and that's what the children see and yes. their reflection of what they see. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It starts with that relationship with the parents. And yeah. like you say, as as the child sees, that's what they're going to do. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely important. So that's why it's important <laughs> to start with that relationship, the, the dynamic of that relationship and to do the work um, on in, in the, each other in, and individually. Um, yeah. Definitely, because you are pouring into that child. You're the, an example for that child. No matter what, there's a scripture in the Bible where they talk about uh, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he won't mm-hmm. depart from it. Well, the yeah. key is, is that whether you train him good or bad, <laughs> that child is going to learn that <laughs> and yes. they will not depart from it. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to be careful. Definitely. But that's beautiful. Beautiful. So, as I said, I am super excited to have you here today um, because we're going to be talking about bringing sexy back. That's that's my theme for for this year and and this period in my life, because there's so many things that keep us disconnected from from each other. You know, when you're dealing with PTSD, you, you already have, you know, those issues. Um, if you're dealing and not necessarily with PTSD life itself, just the business of life, you know, mm-hmm. going from day to day that can disconnect you, you know, from yeah. each other. Um, what do you find are some common misconceptions that people have about the importance of having a healthy sex life? That it's a chore, definitely. Mm. Um, and people often use it as a tool sometimes too. And so not yeah. just that it's a chore, uh-huh. um, but also they can see it as a tool, uh-huh. a tool to get what they want uh-huh. yep. um, and not just a way of pleasure and, you know, satisfaction uh-huh. Uh-huh. that you have to do it every day. Yes. <laughs> it's not always true. <laughs> and that is something that has to last for a long period of time when people often come to me and they talk about, you know, sex and what works for them and what doesn't work for them mm-hmm. and how their desires are different from their partner's desires. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have different desires. Mm-hmm. You know, that is completely fine. There is no such thing as the perfect sex. Right. No such thing. And, and I also find the biggest misconception is what sex is. Because we all have this one idea of, wow. of, of what sex is. Okay. Um, how, how how graphic can I get this? You, I mean, if we PG thirteen. We PG thirteen on this show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do a late night show for the adults. And so we we, we all um, yeah. and if you 
there are listening things with your minds. We always, you know, often yeah. think that sex is just one thing. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, and it's so much more yeah. than that. And so those are the common misconceptions. You know, Absolutely. I always say that um, sex starts way before you get to the bedroom, yeah. that um, it's it's um, it's a whole combination of, you know, what's going on that day. You know, what's 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 happening. Um, a lot of times problems in in the bedroom started outside <laughs> of the bedroom. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll get into all of that later. There's, there's so much I want to ask you <laughs> so much. <laughs> Um, can you touch on the benefits of a healthy sex life um, on your mental health? How does how does sex help um, in the mental health department? One, it decreases stress. And that's that's a research thing. That's not a Casey thing. That's a research yeah. thing, is that it um is that it decreases stress. Oftentimes what people don't know, especially um men, is that I'm trying to say this in a non-graphic way. Okay. But as you let off, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it does, you know, decrease the chances of prostate cancer. Okay. The release. Uh -huh. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, so they it does offer many, you know, healthy benefits. Mm -hmm. And ultimately it's the connection. Okay. Because when we look at that, you know, as a chore, mm -hmm. you know, we're missing the mark. Yeah, that, that, that it's a connection. What is one thing I can do with my partner that has nothing to do with my children, nothing, nothing to do with work? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, what is one way that we can really serve each other and please each other? Yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. in the most, you know, in, in the ultimate way. And that's often through sex. Yeah. And that's a very pleasurable and sensual and, you know, and fulfilling thing. Yeah. And I think it's it's um, and I'll, I'll I won't I can't speak for all women. I can't speak, you know, for all men. But I think that there's a large part of the population that um, get caught in that that mindset of I have to do this, you know, for them. I have to do this for them. And then it becomes a job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, it becomes it becomes less about, like you say, that connection and really just kind of pacifying <laughs> for lack of a better word. So when we experience trauma or we go mm -hmm. through PTSD um, and that can mentally affect you, you know, and yeah. that can have an effect on your relationship, you know, especially the relationship with the one that's closest to you, you know, mm -hmm. and that's your, your spouse. Um, I always say that PTSD isn't the cause of all the problems in your relationship, but mm -hmm. what it does do is to help, you know, to bring out the problems that are already present in that mm -hmm. relationship, you know? Yeah. So um, then you find yourself having to deal with issues like, you know, maybe explosive arguments or just the opposite where you may have somebody else that's, you know, Know, drawn away, they're being withdrawn into themselves, and then you in, end up dealing with loneliness and marriage. You know, um, you'll find they're not interested. Um, this can pull you apart. Life itself, you know, it, it can pull you apart um, in your relationship. Um, and you end up becoming roommates. <laughs> you act more like roommates than you would a couple. Um, and that, like I say, it can happen just with everyday life, not just PTSD. Um, yeah. So I said all that to say, you know, with life, lifing, <laughs> so to speak, um, we can find ourselves being distant from one another. So what are some things that can block intimacy? Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot of things about intimacy because intimacy is connection. Yes. Um, so what is something about that? And one thing you already said was, you know, PTSD, but also lack of communication. Communication. Lack, lack of effective communication. Right. right. That's we all communicate, but effective communication. Right. Understanding what it is that your partner needs. That's right. Definitely. Being able to express to your partner what it is that you need trust yeah you know do you trust that if i tell you what i need hmm. you know you're going to be able to fulfill that that's right and i trust you with those feelings that's right so trust quality 
communication. And I also think another thing that affects our intimacy is that we expect our partners to be our everything and it's not their job. Wow. To be all of those things. That's when, right. When people come to me, whether they have depression, anxiety, PTSD, anything like that, they're having marital struggles. Even if it's a couple coming to me, I ask them, where are your people? Hmm. Because we forget about somewhere along in society, we forgot about the quality of community. Right. The importance of community. Where are your people? And expecting your partner to be all of those things, expecting your partner to fulfill all of your needs. That's a very high bar that they're never going to reach. Wow. Because it's not their job to reach that. Mm -hmm. If that's what you're expecting from them, you're going to always be disappointed. Absolutely. Absolutely. You are. It's in. That's another thing I say is that you are not responsible for fixing your spouse. There are some things that you and, and the same thing, your spouse is not responsible for fixing you. Yeah. Um, there's some things that you have to work on <laughs> yourself. It's a you issue. So when trust has been broken, um, how do you how do you repair that? Like what's what's the first step? What things need to be done to work on repairing that trust? Um, the first thing is calling thing what it is. We often struggle telling our spouses some things that may be displeasing and hard to hear. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't know how, you know, how they're going to take it. Right. Be honest right. and say, hey, I just don't trust you in this moment. Wow. Yeah. I don't trust you. I don't trust your decision making. I don't trust that you can fulfill the things that I need at this stage in my life. It's okay to say those things because none of those things are saying, I don't want to be with you. Right. It's saying that, hey, we're at a place where the trust is not where I would like it to be. Right. That's amazing. That's that's real. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So so the first thing is, you know, saying, hey, I don't trust you, girl. Yeah. Or, babe, I just don't trust you right now. Yeah. And well, and what does trust? Another question. Well, if we were in a place that you do trust me, what would that look like? Hmm. That's what, good. what would it take for for you to trust me? Yeah. That's we that could be therapy. Um, that can be talking to your pastor. Mm-hmm. That can be forgiveness first. Mm-hmm. Taking accountability. Yes. Number one, <laughs> yes, taking accountability, yeah, and working towards working towards forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. So, um, is there is there a workaround for dealing with the unforgivables? Like, let's let's talk about um, infidelity. Infidelity mm-hmm. could be something that you know to some is considered unforgivable. Um, some marriages don't survive. Some mm-hmm. marriages do. Some marriages do, and they it's it's a fight, it's a struggle. Yeah. Um, can marriage survive infidelity? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the fight and the struggle oftentimes is rooted in that that anxiety. Yeah. That I'm I, I want to trust you. Yeah. But the anxiety isn't going to happen again. Wow. When yep. When you're, when you're in your phone a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. You know, when you said you're going to the store and it's been an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't ask about the accident that happened along the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> I right. Didn't know that you're not back when you said you're going to be back. That's right. Um, oh, I didn't meet this friend. Yeah. And so what, what I tell people is that it can absolutely be repaired, but it's not a today thing. It's not a tomorrow thing. Mm-hmm. It's probably not going to be a two month thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's something that was broken. Mm-hmm. And you're asking someone to give their all right back to you. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take work. Yeah. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. takes work on both sides. <laughs> oh, it definitely takes work on both sides. And, and what, yeah. I, what I want to, you know, highlight is what sometimes people don't like to highlight and talk about the person who did cheat. Yeah. Um, is that there's a lot of shame and guilt there. Hmm. Yeah. And for 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 that person, they're often ready to move on. Yeah. One. <laughs> wow. Okay, I've apologized. I I want to move on. Right. But not just that. They often feel that they don't have a space to feel because they were the one that did something wrong. Right. So oftentimes what we don't like to highlight or talk about is the shame and guilt mm-hmm. from the one 
mm-hmm. who, who did the cheating. Because they do have some shame and guilt there. Mm-hmm. Whether I we have to sit and tell our friends about it, we have to sit and tell our kids about it. I have to live with the look that was on your face when I said that to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel terrible about a decision that I made that impacted our family. Yeah. There's a lot of shame and there's a lot of guilt. There's a lot mm-hmm. of weight to carry around knowing you broke someone. Yeah, very true. Very true. But the space is not often held for them. Mm. It's, well, you don't want cheated. Why you mad? Yeah. Now, why you hurt? How, how how dare you feel upset? How dare you feel hurt when you hurt me? Right. Right. But there was an issue there. I'm sure oh, previous to that, you know, before yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Mo- mo- most times cheating is not the reason. Yeah. That the marriage is broken. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. something that usually happened way before then, whether it's a breakdown in communication. The intimacy is not intimacy is not there. Um, I felt rejected, not saying that is something that should happen. Mm-hmm. Because there are so many steps you can take before that. Yeah, that's true. Just yeah, just saying that there was a situation in the marriage already. Yeah, that's in, it. In most, yes, in most marriages, it was already broken. Wow. You know, before you know, before the cheating occurred. Yeah. And so when you when you look back, most people want to work through the infidelity. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> not, not the issue. Those, yeah, and not going back <laughs> a little bit. Further. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. That's 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 a good point. Is that uh the cheating just is is um it's uh I want to say a symptom of what the issue is, you know. Mm-hmm. And while yes, you, you should take accountability for it, definitely, but um, yeah, you should you should know that it w- it was a decision that was made, but what was behind it. So, and that's what, yeah, that's the hard part. Everybody don't want to deal with that. (laughs) Everybody, yeah, everybody does not want to deal with that. Um, I've been very open um, on the show about, I've been on both sides of it where, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been cheated on and I have been the one to step out um, Mm -hmm. as well too. And I I would say for me, um, a lot of it was because of the mental space I was in, not an excuse at all, but um, it was um, the mental space I was in where I was vulnerable. I was vulnerable to it because of everything that was going on. And again, it was my decision. I only speak for myself. I'm not going to speak, you know, for for the other person, but um, it was it was my decision. But behind it was the hurt and pain that I didn't deal with the correct way. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a good point to make that what is behind that, the symptom of cheating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then um, I find that dealing with forgiveness and moving forward, we, we agreed to stay together, but dealing with the forgiveness and moving forward was hard. Um, And even though, yeah, even though we both, um, we both cheated, um, not at the same time. I pray, Lord, not, but <laughs> even though we both cheated, um, it seems like it's harder to forgive one side than the other. You know, yeah. I don't know if it's a, a man thing where <laughs> it's harder to forgive that, but um, yeah, it's it's that's just good information. I'm just telling y'all all my business today, but <laughs> but it's it's good. So back back to forgiveness. Um, how how do you move forward with forgiveness as far as that uh, infidelity or even whatever the issue may be? How do you move forward with forgiveness in order to get back to where you can connect again? What I always say, again, is that it takes time. It takes time, time because, because when you when you look at that and that person, you look at them so differently. Yeah. And that realize that's still a lot of the person that you loved. Mm-hmm. This lot of the person still there that yeah. you love. This was an incident that was very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we have a hard time separating. Yes. You know, separating the two. Um, but one, I always say time. And two, I always tell people when it comes to forgiveness, it has nothing to do with that other person. Mm. It takes 
it takes a lot of energy to to stay angry. Yeah. It takes a lot of energy right. to stay resentful. It takes up a lot of space in your body to hang on to a lot of this negative things and thoughts. Yeah. And so forgiving is not just about I'm forgiving you. And a lot of times we don't want to say I forgive you because as we say I forgive you, you're thinking that you're giving that person a pass and that's right. what that means. Right. Forgiveness is not about letting them off the hook. (laughs) It is saying I choose to be in peace Mm -hmm. and to no longer have this negative energy take up space in my body. Right. Right. And that's a very vulnerable thing to do. And some people, you know, kind of struggle, but it's letting their pride down Mm -hmm. to say, hey, you know what? I forgive you. Yeah. I don't like you at all today. Yeah. And I probably won't like you behind them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just so I can be better within myself. Right. Right. I am going to forgive you so I can move forward in this yes. journey. Yeah. It's a it's a choice and it's a constant decision to forgive. So it's not just a one-time thing that you know you'll you'll be forgiven. You have to walk in it, which means that yeah. it's constant choices. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and can I say that you're hurting yourself? Yeah. You are you are hurting yourself. Absolutely. What are you walking around with in your body? Mm-hmm. How is that affecting you mentally? Mm-hmm. Does that have you anxious, you know, all the time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, are you still weighed down? Do you lack clarity? Are you not able to show up for yourself and show up for your friends and your kids? Yeah. Which is why I say it's about you. It has nothing to do with that person. It's not me letting you off the hook, saying that I'm over it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I forgive you. You're human. Mm-hmm. You made a very human choice. Mm-hmm. I don't say mistake, but you did, you know, made a very you made a choice. Yeah. And that serve us well. And it's going to be a long road. Yeah. But I choose to not take up this energy in my body. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, yeah, because I need to be great for my kids. That's right. To be able to make an attempt to move forward with mm-hmm. you. And I cannot do that as long as I'm operating, you know, from a space of negativity. Some days hate, very strong word, but let's yeah. be honest. It's real. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> and again, that takes up space in your body. Mm-hmm. And as we know, stress kills. That's right. Yes, it does. And That's it, right. It, it, it really does. So there are some things you really have to let go for your own mental wellness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, another one of the things that I feel is connected with... Um, the infidelity and also, you know, drawing people apart, drawing uh, relationships apart um, is the is rejection um, where there's constant rejection. Now, this can stem from issues with childhood where they don't Mm -hmm. take rejection well, but also in a marriage, if um, the partner is always being rejected. If one partner is always asking for sex and the other person is always uh, rejecting them. Um, Talk a little bit about the effect that rejection can have on your relationship. Oh gosh, big. Mm. Yeah, It it brings about so much insecurity. Mm -hmm. And when we look at sex for some people, their love language is physical touch. Mm -hmm. I feel most connected and most love when I'm being touched by you. Mm -hmm. Which is why early when I said, what is, when I even talked to a couple about this, what is one thing that I'm doing for you that has nothing to do with the kids, has nothing to do with work. Right. And that can be a hug, you know, fix mm-hmm. a favorite meal, a butt mm-hmm. grab, kiss, you know, sex. And for some people, that can be the ultimate, you know, source of connection for them. Right. And when you're saying, no, 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 I don't want to connect with you. I don't want to spend time with you. I don't want to be physically intimate with you. Yeah. For some, they start looking like, wow, what did I do? Wow. What's wrong with me? Yep. You know, do you not love me? Do I not look good anymore? Do you not find me attractive? Mm-hmm. And we, those are things. And it's not just women. 
I hear good things from men too. Oh, wow. Wow. So when she's constantly rejecting me, then something must be wrong with me. Yeah. You know, what am I not doing right? Yeah. What, what do I need to lose weight? Do I need to work more? It, it's what's wrong with me. They take that and they internalize it. Uh-huh. And it can add to feeling that it's low self-esteem and low self-worth. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so that will just take you on a mental spiral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And trust yeah. issues. That brings yeah. trust issues. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I know you used to like it, right? Right. <laughs> so what happened? Not, not coming from me. Yeah. Something wrong with me. Is it somebody else? Right. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. And that um that also brings up an issue um as far as not um I, I know, like I was saying before at the beginning, you know, we talk about just life getting in the way and sometimes you're just tired and you you reject not because you don't want this because I just don't have it in me <laughs> right yeah, now. But, like, <laughs> but, but to that, to that, I would say, um, are you prioritizing your relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, and because I just don't have it in me, oftentimes that may turn into one day a week, babe, I'm just so tired. I don't want to be bothered. Yeah. And it'll turn into two days. Then it'll turn into two weeks. Uh-huh. Then it'll turn to we've only had sex once a month. Wow. Very true. And again, it's not just about the sex. Uh-huh. It's about what I tell my clients all the time. My favorite word is being intentional. Uh-huh. You know, and being intentional on pleasing yourself. Yeah. Being intentional on being whatever it is that a wife or that a husband needs to be for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. We do um, Thursday nights. Those are our date nights. Yeah. And we um, most most Thursday nights we try to get out some days. Sometimes we we um, back away from it. We don't get out as much. And then we realize, hey, we haven't. It's, it's Thursday. We haven't <laughs> gotten out there yet. And um, that's just a way for us to be intentional about our connection and making sure we're still there, kind of, you know, get out, enjoy each other, get away mm-hmm. from, well, the kids are gone now, but it used to be to get away from the kids. And, you know, um, it, it, it's important. I see the benefit um, mm-hmm. of doing that. So, yeah, that just goes to your point about being intentional about it. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, I was telling somebody earlier that marriage is an everyday thing, mm-hmm. every day. And you give your best self every day. And best self may not be 100%. It may be all I have today is 20%. Yeah. And and that can look like how you said earlier, maybe I'm just tired. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to have sex, but I can just while you watch TV, rub your leg. That's yeah. all I have today. Yeah. Um, I can come in and fix your dinner because I know you're tired too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's all I have today. Yeah. And am I using exhaustion to not fully show up? Mm. You no. Know, or can I show up in the best way possible? And that yeah. may just be a little bit because that's all you have. Mm-hmm. And because what I found is that, and we all know this, you come in exhausted because you gave your full self. Yes. Everything else. Everything else. <laughs> and so what you're giving your spouse is the leftover parts of you. Mm. Yeah. And that ain't right. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That ain't right. And, and, and there are gonna be some days we're gonna be exhausted and we're gonna we're gonna sleep. Mm-hmm. That is that has happened, you know, we are human. Right. What and what I say to that is okay, well, we know when you come in at five o'clock, five thirty. Mm-hmm. You're exhausted. You don't have anything to give. Can we flex that out in the morning? Can you get up a little bit early? Right. And not and I think get up a little early. It's not just about sex, but can you get up a little early for connection? Yeah. If your spouse gets up at six and leaves at six forty-five, you're not getting up until seven fifteen. Mm-hmm. But you didn't spend time together in the morning. Right. You get in at night. You are no. Lord, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm going to take a bath and get in the bed. So you mean to tell me the whole day? Yeah. Spending no time with your spouse. And you wow. Wow. 
So um, that brings up another point um, as far as sex not being um, just about the physical and, and the, the physical connection, but the emotional connection as well, too. Um, I, I, I don't know if I'm making up this term, but I guess emotional intimacy. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that a term? But um, yeah. let's talk a little bit about that and the importance of that, because um, um, I speak for the way I'm set up. <laughs> like I say, sex starts way before you get to the bedroom because I need to hear, you know, I need to hear how pretty I am. I need to hear, yeah. uh, you know, my husband's love language is smacking me on the butt. That's how I know. Oh, he loved me. He smacked me on the butt. <laughs> you I, know, I love a, I love a good <laughs> So, yeah. And, and that's that's where, like I say, it starts way before you get to the bedroom where yeah. the nice gestures, whatever. That's when it goes back to the love languages, whatever your love language is. Um, Starburst, he he has my heart whenever he comes in with yeah. a pack of all pink Starburst, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you hear me, you see me, you yeah. love me. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's just talk about for a little bit the importance of that emotional intimacy. I would say emotional intimacy in, in two, another two words, and that's instinct. Oh, okay. That's, that is, you know, instinct. Uh-huh. And when you said that he comes in with the Starburst, uh-huh. that may be his 20%. And that may be the best he has for this. It's yes. been a long day. Yeah. I don't be bothered. I love my baby, but I just can't today. Yeah. I'm just going to stop in the store and just, you know, grab me a drink or, you know, Coke or whatever. And let me get her these pink Starbursts. Glad to see it. Yeah. Know, I'm <laughs> thinking about her. And that's because he knows that this is what you want. Right. This is what makes you feel good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, he didn't have to say anything, but it's the fact that he thought about you. Yeah. And he's intentional. That's right. And so when I say this being in sync, again, it's not always a physical thing, Mm -hmm. but I know what she's feeling. I know what makes her feel good. Mm -hmm. You know, and she can trust me because that's another characteristic of being in sync with your partner. Yes. That she can trust me to always show up. Yes. And I like that as well, too, as far as um, the trust thing again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, 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 there's something about being a safe place for yeah. your spouse. Um, and that that comes with intimacy. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that helps with building uh, building trust and intimacy. What are some ways that we can become a safe place for our spouse or what what would be the first step to take in in becoming a safe safe place for your spouse oh that's simple asking your spouse ask them communication yeah (laughs) you know how can how can i be a safe space for you yeah you know how can i make this space our home Mm -hmm. peaceful Mm -hmm. for you yeah how and outside of these dang kids, just I I, I want to be that place where you feel safe. Yeah. Where I feel like a cushion to you. Yeah. And vice versa. That's what it. do what do you need me to do so I can be that for you? Yeah. I like that. So um I know that uh as a woman, uh we can deal with self-esteem issues. Um mm-hmm. You know, my husband and I have been together uh, 20. Oh, Lord, I always have to ask. We've been together 22 years. We've been married going on 22 years together, 20, yeah. 24. Um, but um, I know that time changes. Time changes all mm-hmm. things, including your waistline. OK. Ooh, um, okay. <laughs> um, and, and just. um just you change, you know, you, you can't yeah. help you change. Um, and sometimes I, I'll speak for me. Sometimes I find it hard. Like I don't feel sexy. I don't, I don't feel like being sexy. I don't, I don't feel it, <laughs> which is a lot of, I would say that's a lot of uh, intimacy and connecting. And do you feel sexy? How do you bring sexy back? Twerking in the mirror naked. Okay. <laughs> it's a self-confidence thing. Like yeah. right. And, you know, I, I was talking to somebody recently and talking about, you know, losing weight and mm-hmm. I asked what that means for them mm-hmm. to lose weight. Why is that important? 
because they will feel good about themselves. And I said, that could be true, but it may be only temporary because that's an internal thing. Mm-hmm. Loving yourself and knowing your value mm. is an internal thing. Yes. And you can seek confidence through that, but it's also okay to have confidence at 300 pounds just as it is, you know, 120. That's right. And I, I would say, for me, to be honest, one thing, because, you know, some things, they just move and hang and they don't do what they used to do. They don't right. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, all these moving parts. I think for me, I have a really great benefit yeah. of having a spouse that has never treated me differently, no matter how it looked. Yes. So and don't treat them based on how you feel. Right. Yes. And there are times I'm like, well, this is doing this and this got this wrong. Where does it come from? And you're like, Grandpa, worry about that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're worried about that. And I had this very vulnerable moment recently. And I didn't even tell him this when we were just in Barbados for my 40th. Yeah. Which was beautiful, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) The pictures were gorgeous. Oh, gosh. Those beach pictures. I was just like, he posted those. Because I was not going to post those pictures (laughs) and all those moving parts. And and because I'm like, this is the heaviest I've been outside of here. Oh, you look gorgeous. (laughs) When when he did that, you know, that added to that love thing for me. Yes. I was like, wow. He just. Truly, because I see that behind closed doors. Yeah. And he loved me at every stage. He right. never told me he had any displeasure with my body ever. Yeah. Um, and just that picture for me was when he posted it, I was like, wow. Oh. If someone loves you this much, you should love yourself that much, if not more. Yes. They see the value in you. Sometimes they see the yeah. value when we can't. <laughs> yeah, and, oh. and, 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 one, and one thing I do, and when I say twerk in the mirror, make it, I do that. Okay. And when we hear, you know, we got all these parts, okay, cue the music. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and have fun and love your body. This is the only one that you'll have. That's right. No longer. That's right. Why waste the time focusing on the things that are not right and not moving the way you want to anymore. I'm just a very like gratitude type of person. Yeah. And just be grateful for they, what you do have. Yeah. The small things. I think it just come from me just being a vet in the life that we live. You know, yeah. be grateful that you do have your mind. Be grateful that you do have your limbs. Be grateful that you still have this body that's working and moving. Right, right. And you're still beautiful regardless. Wow. I love that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Honor, honor yourself, you know. Honor, you, yeah. Toot your own, toot your own horn. <laughs> you gotta do this. <laughs> honor yourself and do some mirror work. Absolutely. Look at yourself, stare at your body, speak to your body. Yes, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Oh my goodness, this is so good. Our time is almost up. This is <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything else I can ask <laughs> while That's I have it here. <laughs> this is beautiful. Um, what would you say to the couple that is uh trying to reconnect? Mm-hmm. Um, what what would you say to them? What what advice would you give them? I would say one turn off your devices, mm-hmm. create a schedule. Get rid of the kids. They'll be okay. You know, and create a life that's designed for you and your spouse. Because the kids, the kids will be fine. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, that's where our worries are. Well, my kids and my baby and work, and you know, and all of these things disconnect. Yeah. Get off of dang social media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> off of social media and just go back back to that old school way of love right right that old school way of love our grandparents didn't have money that's it you know but they would just sit outside Uh and just just have their time we knew when we saw them in a certain space turn around yep (laughs) time to go (laughs) yes because that's their time so setting boundaries being intentional 
being unapologetic about your family time. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, definitely. Yes, and always check in. I, I always like to check in with my spouse and ask, how are we doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what could be better? Mm-hmm. Not what's wrong. I want yes. to ask what's wrong. You know, how are we doing? What could be de- What could be better? What could, yeah. be, what could we be doing better? And what could we be doing a little bit differently? I like that. Yeah. Not what's yeah. wrong, but what could be better? I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What could be better? What would you like to be doing more of? And oftentimes you ask me and they don't say sex. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I would like some more yeah. sex, please. Yeah. <laughs> women are going to say, I want to sing together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, but being that and being very, my words always be intentional, be intentional, mm-hmm. be intentional. Awesome, awesome. Well, Casey, I thank you so much for joining us today. I absolutely enjoyed this conversation. I cannot wait until the next one. We got to have you on again. We're going to have to do it after, you know, after yeah. dark. We need an after hours, <laughs> after hours look, episode. Look, and, and you know how we do 22 years old, you still a baby, right? For your kids. Don't not turn this on 25 and up. <laughs> Don't y'all turn this mess on. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, thank you so much again for coming. Um, I appreciate you. Um, you you have helped, I'm sure, a lot of people today. <laughs> and you're going to have everybody walking naked in front of the mirror and through the house. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to bring sexy back. <laughs> yeah, We're all right. And it yes, starts within. That's right. It starts within. So work on you. Work on you. Well, I thank you again for coming. Um, That's all we have for today, you guys. Be sure to join us again. In the meantime, I want you to be encouraged, be empowered, and be blessed. Peace, y'all.